Good morning. Happy Tuesday. And welcome to episode number 47, the ugly Christmas sweater edition of the Still City Insider podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Mr. Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you this beautiful morning? I'm good. It's back in the playoff hunt, isn't it? Oh, whoa. Playoffs. The Christmas Eve game may, might need, mean something. Wow. Then, yeah, you know, 8.30, 8.30 Christmas Eve, baby. Yeah. Forget yeah. about family and loved ones. You're working football, pal. Uh, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be rocking, but... The Steelers, hey, they they stack, they they they're stacking, they're stacking those wins. Their first two consecutive game winning streak of the season. They defeat the Falcons, nineteen to sixteen. A lot of a lot of good there. We're going to talk about all that here today. Um, and really, the running game continues to drive this team forward. Kenny Pickett continues to develop. Minka Fitzpatrick comes up with a big play. Where do you want to start, Jim? But the offensive line, man, I mean, the much, what, what, what will we say, much uh, criticized, oft-criticized, much laughed at? The off, often maligned? Off-maligned. Off there maligned. we go. Yeah. The off-maligned offensive line is playing well. There's, there's some big holes. And, you know, frankly, the running backs look good, but they could look better. I think they're missing holes, still missing holes, still slipping, still sliding around. Uh, Najee ran hard, but uh, I, I really like what the offensive line did. I don't know who the key elements are, but uh, not bad. Yeah, and uh, I know we talked last week about Harris finally looking like he's getting healthy. Um, you know, he played angry on Sunday, and I don't think he's ever going to be that breakaway speed back. That's just not who he is. But man, he when it looks like he's down, he just he can generate additional yardage and he's got a violent stiff arm. Yeah. I mean, he's a big back. He better do that because he's not breaking anything, right? No, no. Now Pat Fryermuth is still bigger than him and he's breaking stuff. Yes. And Pat uh recorded the uh the biggest explosive offensive play for the Steelers this season, uh over 50 yards. Um Pat, and I remember you saying this, this was uh, two August ago, that he he's going to be the guy that people were talking about in a couple of years uh, from that draft class. But Fairmouth is having a great season. Man, I wasn't the first one. Remember on draft day, Bruce Arians called Ben Roethlisberger and said, you got Heath Miller now. <laughs> but Bruce Arians is the guy that wanted Deontay Johnson really bad, too. He could have him. <laughs> he could take him. Although Arians, he's not coaching now, is he? I'll take him. <laughs> Let's unretire him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but you're right. The the tight ends played well. Um, especially Fairmouth. It seems like that, that connection between Pat and Kenny is for real. Um, I know that when I look at this receiving core, you know, it's it's always been a strength of the Steelers. Um, and right now with Deontay Johnson, whatever he's going through in terms of, of the drops, George Pickens, uh, you know, very, very upset this past game. But outside of that, it's Steven Sims and Gunnar Ol- Olszewski. That's not really a great wide receiving core. If it wasn't for Pat Freyermuth. Well, that was part of the reason they let Claypool go. It's not just Freyermuth, it's Connor Hayward. 
It's Derek Watt. It's Zach Gentry. So the tight end group, pretty good. And more 12 personnel helps the running game. So, uh, yeah, I hear you on Steven Sims. Uh, I'm almost tempted to want to see more Gunner in the slot, but I'm wondering why that has never come to fruition. He always looks so good in practice. Mm -hmm. Sims, yeah. And Deontay, let me just – let me just give Deontay an excuse. He was being shadowed by one of the best corners in the NFL, AJ Terrell. Uh, so, and and Pickett's being taught to go to the one on one, and they game plan for Deontay. Now, I don't know if Pickens was having trouble getting open while being bracketed. That's what the plan was: bracket the other guy, one on one with the the one guy. It doesn't always mean that they think Deontay's the best guy, but. <clears throat> Because you're putting two on the other guy. Now, uh, Pickens, um, yeah, you know, you'd like to see him get more, right? Maybe this was a test. Maybe this was something he had to go through. Maybe they're going to see if he's going to A, B it every game, if he's going to be like that. Uh, Right now, you can certainly understand his frustration. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can certainly understand Pickens going to the one-on-one matchup all the time. Um, But you want to hope that that was just kind of some kind of a test, some kind of um, rite of passage for Pickens. Yeah. That now you've, you've displayed your frustration. We've all yelled at you. We've talked about teamwork to you. Cam Hayward even came over and talked to you a little bit. The ghost of Ironhead probably came down and talked to him a little bit too. <laughs> but, you know, um, okay, he's paid his dues. He wasn't too bad. He kept his mouth shut after the game. They did win. He has to keep that in mind. Yeah. We're leading when he was throwing his fits. Don't become a B, but uh, yeah, he needs the ball more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm not trying to get ahead of myself and ahead of this season, but I guess just in talking about that wide receive receiving group that Kenny Pickett has to throw to, wide receiver has to be a, an area of focus in the draft. I'm not saying first round or second round. Uh, we know the history of the team dra- drafting wide receivers, but he's he's thrown to a rookie in Pickens. Whatever's going on with Deontay, I know he was matched up with a good corner, but it has to be a priority. And and I think the other piece, too, is a lot of people are maybe not a lot, but some people are giving Pickett flack for maybe not putting up more gaudy statistics. But look at who he's throwing to. So I just wanted to mention that. At least that's my assessment on that wide receiver group right now. Yeah, well, I'm not too concerned about it. I I, I don't need them to be um, luxuriating Kenny Pickens with all these weapons. He's got enough. He has a lot of weapons. Pick yeah. up a guy in free agency, Miles Boykin maybe. You know, a couple of years ago, if you had told me Miles Boykin would be rotting as a number four receiver on the Steelers bench, I would say, man, they got, must have a really good number three. Yeah. And maybe I missed on Miles Boykin coming out. I thought he was a – he does a lot of good things on the football field as a special teamer, for sure, as a run-blocking wide receiver, for sure. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I, there are other priorities, and hopefully the offensive line continues to improve, and they don't have to be one of those priorities. That so, would be nice. Yeah, that would be real nice. And, uh, you know, if Jalen Warren continues, then <laughs> that doesn't have to be a priority. Benny Snell's there. McFarland's there. So focus on defense. Get that shutdown corner. Yeah. Things like that. And and defensive linemen. Yep. Maybe inside linebackers. And yeah. maybe strong safety. 
And, and, and it's a big list. You're asking Santa for a lot there. So you mentioned. I, I, I'm trying. I'm just trying to make a point. Some of those <laughs> positions I'm stretching on. Yeah. You mentioned two players that I think we need to give some love to. That's Derek Watt. Uh, I think the stat that was given during the broadcast is that he's a perfect five for five on third and fourth and ones situations this year. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like Matt Cannon and Mike Tomlin are watching our podcast. I'm telling you. No more shotgun on third and a half. Okay, guys? Yeah. And they, didn't. And they gave it to Derek Watt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, that was great. And then I also yeah. mentioned um, Connor Hayward. Wow. That touchdown pass, the throw and the reception, a thing of beauty. And then the backstory to go along with that. Connor and Cam went to visit the, the gravesite of their father uh, prior to that game. And how eerily similar that touchdown reception looked to uh, Ironhead's uh, first touchdown reception. Yeah, that was interesting. That. I mean, Connor, man, you talk about great hands. I, I think TJ, I still think TJ Watt has the best hands on the team. <laughs> and Connor Hayward might be second. And you notice that in spring and summer when you watch practice, how you don't hear anything when he catches the ball. It's just, just uh, you know, everything else. Miles Boykin's a little different. You hear that clang. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You know what I mean? It's just a whisper. It's the when he's got great hands. So strange size for a tight end. Uh, he's a unique piece, and that was beautiful because I I covered Ironhead. I remember there was a game, and I wrote about it this game, but I couldn't find the stat. It was a 6-3 pit win over West Virginia. And it was the dullest game in the history that I ever covered football. But, look, there was a late Trope Dairy game that was 3-0. High school game. But 6-3 pit. And I could have swore Iron had carried 37 times, and I ripped Mike Goffrey for not giving it to him more. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I couldn't find the number of carries. And I, I, I so I actually had to watch the last quarter of that game and I real remembered how boring it was. But, man, Ironhead kept getting the ball and kept getting the ball. Not enough. He only had 116 yards. I couldn't find the number of carries. Nobody mentioned it in the broadcast. And at the end of the year, I, I had to look up records for carries, and all they had was Ironhead set the record that season. He still holds the pit record, 387 carries that season. Wow. That, what, 10 games, 11 games? 387 carries. Jeez. <laughs> no wonder the poor dude died early, you know, died young. So uh, anyway, uh, I covered Ironhead closely. I loved Ironhead. And to have the sons of Ironhead on this team, that we should start some kind of uh, Netflix episodes, the sons of Ironhead. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we come up with some million-dollar ideas in the show, Jim. Jeez. <laughs> Well, you're the one that's you came up with the idea of actually throwing it to one of the sons of Ironhead. So <laughs> kudos to you. It, uh, you know what I loved about that touchdown catch? Right away, I don't know how he could be sure he was in bounds and the catch was ruled a touchdown, but right away he got up and did a little, you know, pointed to God, pointed to the heavens, and then started celebrating. I mean, that was his first one. I, I would have been like, Am I in? I'd have looked at the ref. Are you sure I'm in? Did I catch it? And and, and uh, I'd have looked for celebrations and then looked to the heavens and the ghost of my dad. Yeah, it, it was just it was a smooth play. And I, I, the the thing I want to say here is just you know Derek Watt, Connor Hayward, Pat Freyermuth. It's all these little uh, I don't want to say 
little, but like un, unsung, maybe not really bright, sparkly players. And then you have that backfield. You got Benny Snell, uh, Jalen Warren, but all these guys that oh, maybe aren't great that are just coming together and are making plays. Um, that's, that's, good for the, that's good for the future. Those are those are ancillary parts that need. Ooh, ancillary. Yeah, that's the word you were looking for, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of the, the Bill Shakespeare story in, in your book uh, about uh, Ernest Hemingway. Oh, my God, that was hilarious. <laughs> Let uh, me throw that in there. Uh, it, uh, uh, Amazon's having trouble with my Polamalu book. I mean, I ship them, I ship them, and they tell me they received them, but they still says zero available. Buy the book from my site. It's only 20 bucks. Uh, Amazon's 32 bucks. We have a little higher shipping, but, and you can get my on the clock book there too. And I can sign inscriptions. So go to jimwexel.com. Get this done before Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Well, where were we? Ancillary parts. Ancillary. You don't really have to, you don't have to draft those pieces. You don't have to, you can get the ancillary pieces you need on defense now. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you, I'm not sure what they need on defense. And I know we're excited about the win over the Falcons and Colts and they're both mediocre. But they're both on the road. They're both around a Monday night game. They're both playing for the playoffs. They were they had better playoff chances than the Steelers probably do now. Yeah. And, and so the Steelers were better motivated, and their ancillary parts are coming around. And guys like Larry Ogunjobi, you think you need a defensive tackle next to Cam, but Ogunjobi makes some of the best highlight plays every week. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, he crushed Cordero Patterson. <laughs> It didn't look like anybody could handle Cordero Patterson. It was like drag him down by the ankles, you know, and get lucky to hold him down. Yeah, yeah. But, but man, Ogan Joby just crushed him. And I, yeah, he did. That's I don't I, I don't know why this guy drifts from team to team. I like him. I I I'd love to see them resign him. Yeah. The the one thing I, I I will give credit to the Falcons they they have a solid rushing attack and I don't know why they just didn't pound the first half. Well, I the Steelers mean, talked the Steelers talked them out of it. They lined up with a nose tackle. They went old school. They went base, yeah. and you know that's how you're taught. You 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 stack the box. We're going to throw on you, and guess what? We talked you into doing something you don't do very well. Yeah. Thank and God. The second half. <laughs> the second half was strange because the Steelers had a ten point lead and thereby thought. Well, they'll have to throw to catch up. Let's go with our nickel. And the Falcons just gashed him on the ground. Yeah. And so the Steelers rushed their nose tackle back out. And guess what? He started getting blocked. And they, they were running against the nose tackle, too. Yeah. Uh, so that was the fun part of the game. And it's nice to see run games coming back in vogue against these defenses that are built on hybrids anymore to, you know, the, the passing era. You needed to draft. Devin Bush with the tenth pick of the draft because he's he's smaller but he's faster. Well, guess what? You can you, it's coming around. Those hybrids are getting blocked. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I love it. I love the return to the just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It's it's a thing of beauty, and I hope they continue that model here over these next five games. And speaking of running the ball, um, Baltimore comes into town this weekend. Now I know that Lamar Jackson. It sounds like he's not going to play. Um, Harbaugh came out and said that he's more than likely not going to be available. So it's, I think, Tyler Huntley, I think is his name, another mobile quarterback. But this is going to be a team that's more than likely going to repeat the the rushing attack uh, approach that Atlanta had. Um, How do you 
how do you envision this game playing out? And if they can get the six wins, if they can get this one from Baltimore, we're having a different conversation next week. Oh, yeah. Well, the whole bandwagon will be on our backs by then. I mean, just trying to carry a couple members from our site right now. (laughs) Everybody piles on at six and seven. Uh, But uh, Tyler Huntley's not bad. I know he didn't play well in his only appearance against Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh won. But I've seen him play well. You you think there's a huge drop off from Lamar Jackson, but. From what I remember of Tyler Huntley, no, he's he's not bad. And yes, they'll could they'll play the same kind of offense, and they'll probably look and see what Atlanta did wrong by not challenging the Steelers' base. They mm-hmm. won't be talked out of it. Uh, so, yeah, the Steelers do play well against the Lamar Jackson Ravens, and who whomever is his backup. So it's a, it's a this lines up really well for the Steelers, especially yeah. as they're hitting their groove a little bit now. The one concern I have, Kenny Pickett's coming off two good games in domes. And everybody says, you know, about those small hands thing with the bad weather, everybody said, oh, he played at Pitt. He knows bad weather. I don't know that he's played in December Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So now he's, he's going to be out of a dome. Now we're going to see – now we're going to see what the bad weather and Kenny Pickett's hands and the gloves and we'll see. You know, yeah. it, everybody's forgotten about that criticism of him at draft time so now we're going to take a look hope it's keep going to the tight ends i know you want to get an air circus in here you want draft <laughs> receivers in the first three rounds <laughs> no i just say you tight ends. get rid of the ancillary pieces they only suit you when when you're in a good mood i mean they can't kenny can't succeed with those off maligned uh you know ancillary pieces and sims and olszewski <laughs> <laughs> vocabulary this morning mister i've I've, hey i'm 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 uh i'm edified i'm reading i'm reading on the clock i'm I'm learning some some new words edification Uh, i don't think i used edification in that book but nice one (laughs) oh my well the good thing is is they're playing a meaningful game i think the fan base is going to be excited about this baltimore game they get this one they're going to be fired up for carolina then it's Oakland, then it's Baltimore, and then they'll close out against the Browns. So there's five games to go. And eight, nine and eight looks like a, a, could Tomlin do it? Can he pull it out? Hey, man, I just want to go over seven and a half. <laughs> I don't think I need to go into that too much with some of you guys that have been paying attention. I'm picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> he wins over the, the, the over under was seven and a half. And <clears throat> I've been okay because I also have Arizona under eight and a half. Mm-hmm. They're four and eight. They need to win out. So I, I, I've all I've been looking. I've been rationalizing the Steelers losing. You know, oh, get the draft pick. Arizona's going to cover me. But but it's starting to look a little baby. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you said the fan base will be fired up. Atlanta was five and seven, half game out of first place, and the Steelers fans took over their stadium. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Football country? Well, it's college. It's it's college. Yeah. It's a college guy, as Jerry Glanville would say. It's college guys down there. So the Steelers took over that stadium. I don't think anyone's going to take over Akershire Stadium this week. No. Nope. It's, it's going to be a 5-7 and seven team. It's raising hopes in the city, and um, uh, they're going to come out, and they're going to root hard. It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Raise, raising Christmas hopes? Christmas Eve game. Uh working from 8 30 to 1 30 and 
Yeah. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, you you got your family. What are you going to do? Are you going to watch football when your family wants your, your – Oh, the kids will, kids will be in bed. Kids will be in bed. They got My kids are young, man. They got the yeah, early bed time. o'clock. Get these kids in bed <laughs> now. Right. Daddy's got Daddy's got work. <laughs> raising hope and hopefully raising hell this weekend in Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. versus the Ravens. Exciting times in Steelers Nation. If you haven't checked out on the clock, ordered your book yet, make sure you do that. We have that linked in the show notes. Uh, it's Jim's new book. It's great. I just started reading it. I got my own personalized copy to the best Steelers podcast in the world. Thanks for that, Jim. Did I, also- I write that? Uh, I think you did. It looks like you're I was the best podcaster. <laughs> All right. I'm 1B. You're 1A. All right. You're the GOAT. Oh, if I wrote it, I meant it. Oh, I appreciate that. I also want to take a quick moment just to recognize an affiliate partnership that we have with a company called Real Life Trading. I've talked to you guys about how I left behind my job as a high school principal to become a full-time day trader. And I'm not saying you need to do anything like that. However, Real Life Trading can teach you what you need to learn about day trading, swing trading to make extra cash flow. If you have some debt you need to pay off, if you want to purchase assets, or if you just want to go on vacation, Real Life Trading provides free online education. Click the link in the show notes, check it out. Uh, it's a great partnership, great company. Um, and we're, we're grateful for their partnership. Check out Jim's work on the Still City Insider. <laughs> Give him a follow at Jim Wexel on Twitter. Check out my work at thestillstudy.com. Give me a follow at Still Study. And Jim, let's beat those rap birds. All right, man. Take care. <laughs> see, you, see you next week, brother. All right. Sounds good. Take care. <laughs>